And welcome back to another edition of the Los Ponies Podcast. And it's a special Pick 6 Preview Edition. We usually traditionally do this, Curtis, but the Pick 6 carrier is so hot, we have to do a remote podcast. Yeah, when the pool starts growing there, we had to do a special one here coming out on a Thursday. I'm actually... I'm right here in the Los Pony studio. I'm setting up a mission over here. I wish you were right here with me, but since it is a Thursday show, uh, I was down here already, so we'll just uh, do it remotely like we have done before, and hopefully everything goes okay. So pick six, Carol. We're heading into Friday's card is 60,000 plus. Uh, I'm predicting we can get 200K, including the carrier. I'm thinking they can bet 140,000 into this new pool. Yeah, according to the uh, experts upstairs here that we've uh, been speaking to, uh, Orlando, Burgart, uh, Quarters GD is a big player. Uh, I, I think uh, we are going to reach up to the 200000 mark, uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully we can get some nice prices in there. Uh, but as long as you hit it, I think it's going to play well. Well, good news. Could be good news or bad news. My lock is in the pick six sequence. So you have to... Out with uh, with my lock, uh, I think I'm gonna need some coverage there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go early on, but uh, that's good. You got a key for everybody in there. That'll that'll whittle down the ticket a little. So we'll see. We'll see how the the pick six tree does. But before we we dive into that uh, sequence on Friday night's program, Los Alamitos, which by the way is an eight race program. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's recap uh, PCQHRA Breeders Derby and Futurity Weekend, including the Los Alamitos sequence. So, but uh, kind of. What kind of stood out to you for, from that weekend? As far let's let's kick it off with the Derby. Uh, derby there uh, was one. Um, remind me again the the, the or, top four order placing there for the Derby. Yeah, on Friday night uh, for the for the Breeders Derby there, uh, Grade Three there it was up for uh, one hundred fifty thousand. Went Mister A Political flew out of there. Uh-huh. Was really the only horse that had a clean trip throughout. I think that played a, a big key because. He uh, needed all of that uh, trouble-free journey to hold off the late charge from Chocolatito, who I think was uh, everybody's pick after a, a couple scratches that we had. Coleman 47 scratched, and Hot Little Kitty uh, ended up scratching as well. So we had a, a field of eight, but uh, it, it went down to Mr. A Political holding off Chocolatito, and then Transcend uh, arrived in third, and Conquering Marie in fourth. So, because I when I was watching it live, uh, when we were there on set, I I had my eyes on Chocolatito and Transcend. And then midway through the race, it, it turned into a two-horse race between uh, Mr. A Political and Chocolatito. And I kind of kept my eyes on Transcend, and I was like, oh, he's going to finish fifth, you know, whatever. So so then I immediately just, you know, focused on the top two. And I, could, I couldn't call the photo live. I couldn't call the photo even the slow-mo. I mean, it was as tight as I've seen photo uh, in my time on set, it was that that tight. I couldn't really separate them. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was came... just uh, it was just hair apart uh, uh, between the two. Uh, Mister A Political uh, was just I mean, barely held on. I really thought that it was either Mister A Political or a dead heat. That's how, <laughs> that's how close it was. Even when we saw Shutter Cam, uh, and. You know, sometimes uh, it, it, there can be something in the photo there. Chocolatito maybe possibly got up. It was that close, but no, Mr. A Political got the check. Yeah, and then watching the replay again, Transcend somehow, some way, got up all the way up to third. It was – because we always – you know, we, we kind of had high hopes for him as a two-year-old. Yeah. He's had 
he's had trouble trips against uh, after trouble trips as a three year old. I don't think we've seen the best of him just yet as a three year old. Uh, I I'm I'm just I was amazed to see him get posted up for third in that event, uh, and then for fourth it was conquering Marie, correct? Yes, conquering Marie. Yeah, uh, yeah transcend. He, he still uh, didn't have uh, a clean trip. He got knocked in the rival at the start there, and uh, he had to get up uh, and nose out conquering Marie there for third, but. Yeah, that's kind of one. Uh, he's, he's still competitive in these. Uh, I thought maybe he could still be a little bit better, but uh, the stablemate Chocolatito is uh, proving the best there in the Scott Willoughby barn. But, I mean, uh, running third is uh, no small feat. No, that's definitely uh, a runner that has, will be a contender there, uh, you know, in the derbies moving forward as we're getting close to wrapping up the year here in the last three or four months. Uh, so that was, that was the derby. That was on Friday. Saturday night was for the two-year-olds, the futurity, and what a powerful performance from the rail Curtis. Yeah, Sasco Blue there for Jose Flores. Uh, everybody uh, was looking at Floki as being the dangerous Jose Flores runner there, but uh, Sasco Blue just got out of there, and uh, I wrote wire to wire on this horse and dropped big odds. It was uh, 28 to 1, paid 58, uh, 58.80 for the win there. Uh, there was some bumping along the outside where, I mean, we had – Pitbull up for speed and uh, Mental Air, who went off favorite. They were all uh, there together on the outside, and, and there was some bumping that uh, really caused some havoc out there and uh, allowed Sas- Sasco Blue to pretty much uh, take it all the way there. Uh, he was up by a length and a quarter and uh, at one point and held on by three quarters, so pretty good trip for him. Whatever they figured out for him three starts ago, I mean, it, it just turned around. I don't know if he was a first-time gelding. I can't think off the top of my head. I don't have the PPs in front of him, in front mm-hmm. of me. But he's just been improving, improving, improving. Um, and it seemed like the inside part of the track was a place to be uh, during, pretty much throughout the weekend. But more so, I mean, he did everything right. Broke fast, ran straight, no drifted in, no drifted out, no, no significant deviations there, and then finished strong. I mean, that was a legitimate win. Yeah, besides um... – Sasco Blue, the the only horses that really had uh, a clean trip there. I had Luz Sancatella not having any trouble. One Sweet Change uh, didn't really have any excuse, but uh, there was some uh, trouble for for all the other ones there. Floki on both sides, but uh, my biggest takeaways there: uh, Tel Cartel ran second, Floki ran third, Luz Sancatella uh, completes your your top four. But uh, I thought that Tel Cartel and Floki uh, with the bumping they had at the start, I thought they both rallied really nicely. And I think uh, that'll translate to 400 yard distance. And I think uh, upper speed was one I was very disappointed in. Uh, he didn't yep. get bumped at the start, but I thought maybe he would have uh, some more run on the end and he just kind of looked flat there. So I think his stock went down a little in that race. And then mental air, of course, just, Pulse broke at the start and kind of veered out and ran into up for speed at the start. So uh, I think you can just draw a line through that one for him. Yeah. And I, you know, and another horse that we were high on early in the, in the year was Tell Cartel. After that horse uh, upset my up and Adam all the way back in that debut, I was like, this horse is the real deal. Right. And then he kind of, he kind of hit the ceiling, but then he was still competing. Uh, you know, he, he ran his race on trials night and, that was a that was a very good second. When you go back and look at the videotape, that was a very good second by Tucker Tell. Yeah, uh, like I said, he had that that trouble at the start there with Floki. Um, in the trial, Tell Cartel uh, was pretty impressive. I believe one by two lengths, and I think uh, 
since there was so much class uh, coming into the final here for the Viterti, he, he went over luck there. Uh, but he ran a pretty big race there. I thought, well, like I said, I, I think these horses, uh, uh, Tel Cartel and Floki, will uh, do just fine going 400. And yes, Tel Cartel was the lock of the night that night on trials night for sure. Uh, <laughs> Given that we've been sucking with our podcast lots, I had to, I had to rub that one in. But oh, so, oh, 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 let me, let me rant on old gentleman James. For a <laughs> I thought this horse should have been one to nine against that field. I, and when I you broke bad, I thought I, I, I have this in the bag. Gentleman James is going to win easy, and Chalala favorite. Uh, <laughs> if uh, not a million years, what I think. That horse can help finish Gentleman James, but uh, that's the way it goes. But I was I was absolutely flabbergasted that my lock didn't hit. I mean, when, when that horse, you know, did break, Gentleman James did break in. But still, when he broke in, it still found itself almost half a length in front, from, you know, just from my vantage point. I thought yeah. he was going to win by two. I thought he was going to win by two. Yeah, I, I was so shocked. And you came up afterwards, and you could see how, how mad I was. I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought – that horse, after the, the work I saw in the morning, uh, was was progressing. I mean, went he ran like a killer time on debut. I can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head. And then they gave him some time off after uh, after a, a loss in his second start, and he came back. And I really thought he'd be ready to roll, but I got rejected. <laughs> and, and circling back to that futurity, and this is something we talked about when we we kind of you know when we handicapped quarter horses is we had. We had a mentor up for speed. And who was the other one right there on the inside? Um, mentor up for speed. Uh, and Pitbull. 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 And they were right, drawn right next to each other. And we said it before. When, when a lot of these like, favorite, you know, top contenders that like to break well and have a big shot, they're drawn next to each other. Usually one is going to get the best trip out of those three. Uh-huh. Or one out of those two. And it kind of worked out like that where, you know, uh, Pitbull didn't really get out of the gates out of the wall. Mentor, complete throwout. I mean, it almost looked like uh, Ramon Sanchez was almost out of the saddle when they were, when they were kind of opening up the gate. So he was in a race to ignore. And then up for Swede kind of drifted in and essentially got the best out of the best break out of those three. But, uh, yeah, sometimes, it, you know, post positions matter in quarter horse racing as well because – is usually, you know, who who's drawn next to you and who's going to get the best trip? Yeah, that's kind of what I, I uh, was hinting at with up for speed. I thought even though mental error came out and kind of hit him in the in the hind quarters there at the start, I I still don't think it hindered up for speed that much. In which I, I thought he should have finished a lot better than he did. So uh, I think going forward, uh, I'm not as confident uh, in up for speed as we saw. Uh, from from one of his wins where he just absolutely looked like a monster in, in the final eighth. Uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of uh, souring a little on on his closing kick that I thought he had. So we'll see where uh, if Mentor comes back all good after that, and I'm sure we'll see him. Uh, I believe he's nominated to to the next two big ones, so you'll probably see him in the trials for the next ones. Uh, the the Golden State Million trials are I believe in two weeks, so that's a quick turnaround. You you won't see many of these runners that competed in these uh, PCQHRA finals will back. Uh, so we'll see who actually decides to will back, but uh, it is a short turnaround. A lot of them will skip it and then, uh, and then wait for the big one. Yeah. I th- uh, 
we have Golden State Million Trials coming up, and then also uh, the Super Derby Trials uh, should be coming up in the next couple weeks as well. So uh, you'll see a lot of these horses uh, that competed in the Futurity uh, in the Derby. I, I think that they'll they'll come back here. But yeah, just uh, sometimes uh, the horses that are paid into the Sale Futurity, uh, those are the smaller ones, and uh, maybe they point. Uh, towards those races instead of the bigger million dollar races so yeah some of them we won't see back but uh we will see other ones and and ones from the trials there and uh we'll see a lot of the the three-year-olds back from the super derby yeah i'm just looking at the calendar right now uh so for this saturday we'll have the adam handicap and of course sunday we'll have the running of the grade one los lamitos invitational championship then the weekend of 19 and 20th of october we have the super derby trials and the golden state million futurity trials so right now it's it's every weekend matters. Every weekend we're gonna have something going on, and of course, that weekend of the Der- Super Derby Trials, we're gonna have the on-track quarter horse handicapping contest, which uh, the is gonna be featuring two seats into the NHC in Vegas 2020. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm most excited about seeing powerful favorite finally return yep. uh, for the Super Derby Trials. I think. I have him uh, doing the AQHA uh, voting poll. I've had him at the at the top of my list. Uh, others haven't seen it that way. I think they're ranking him <laughs> about fourth. I'm excited to see him uh, come back as a favorite into the trials, and hopefully uh, everything goes fine and he makes the, the final there, and then he can grab a berth to the champion of champions. He has been my favorite uh, for, for that the, the entire year. I've heard that that's kind of the, the route they're pointing to. So I'm excited to see him return. All right. So that's a little bit about what's going on and what's looking ahead. It's time to get down to business. Friday's card, Los Alamitos, October 11th, eight race program, $60,000 carryover in the pick six, which begin in race number three. But as always, we're going to begin it with the early pick four and race number one. And right off the bat, no waiting around. Curtis has a lock of the night here Why to wait? kick off the night. Just delve right into it. I'm going to go to the one-horse Lucky Darcy. That's my tonight. Uh, last time out, uh, I thought this horse ran a lot better than Luck. Just uh, broke out at the start. So had to play catch-up early on. Uh, was advancing three deep around the turn. Came four wide uh, entering the stretch. And I thought finished out really well there. Uh, ended up beating Lady Maxie, uh, the five horse of one of the rivals in this field here, and has run pretty well in Los Al in the past. The last two starts, you see two seconds, and has shown some speed in here. So I think if uh, this horse can just show some of that old early speed with a better break, I think should be pretty tough in the first. Ooh, right off the bat, Curtis all in. Well, the good news is that I agree with you. This might be too much weight for this horse in race number one, Curtis, but... Juan Sanchez jumps aboard for the first time. And, yeah, it got up to a little bit sluggish start and then actually kind of steadied, lost ground. And despite that, Lucky Darcy was able to make up ground going three or four wide and still out finishing fellow rival Lady Maxie. So if we, love, if we like Lucky Darcy, we're not scared of Lady Maxie, the five. But I, I'm a little, a little bit intrigued by the three. Curry for the three, bang. Uh, you know which one that, that one is named after as uh, NBA preseason is underway, but uh, this one dropping in class has shown speed. Ramon Gusa takes over the call. Uh, to me, that's probably the main threat for the one. And then, as a long shot, I'll give the four a look. The four comes out of the same race as the one and the five. And this one broke good, was not really being asked for speed, 
and then kind of was in tight around the turn and finished fourth there in that same event. I think the four can improve given that that was only her debut. So I'm going to go one, three, four here in race number one. Yeah, we're starting off with the same exact. Uh, I like Curry for three bang for second. Um, has just been facing much better uh, across town. Or I'm sorry, down south actually at Del Mar. Yes. And, and then two back at Los Al. Uh, and it has that uh, speed in the past like you talked about. So just based on the class drop alone, uh, this filly looks like she could loom in a dangerous spot. And then I'm going to go to the five, Lady Maxi. Uh, has yet to have a, a trouble comment free journey here. You see, drifted out last time, stumbled and checked early on. And then the debut off slow and broke out. But it has run third and second. As much as I, I don't really like her to win that much, I think she can light up the trifecta. All right, recap. I'll go one, three, four. One, three, five. That is the lock of the night for Curtis to begin the night. Race number two, 870 yards. Quarter horses and thoroughbreds. And we don't have a quarter horse. So it's all thoroughbreds, 870 yards, straight maidens. And uh, we got a field of six. Who'd you pick here? I went back to the one hole here. I'm going Royal Bluegrass for Jose Hernandez. Uh, Goosey stays aboard here. Uh, this horse is coming back from the daytime circuit, which uh, raced for maiden 20,000 uh, at the five furlong distance and actually ran a pretty good effort, two back. Uh, I'm just going to draw a line through that last time effort there on uh, September 22nd. Uh, prior to that at 870, had a second and actually won four back, but was, uh, was DQ'd for lugging out badly and bumping the foe. Uh, was disqualified and placed fifth in that race. So this horse has actually won already, and that's a, an angle I know most handicappers like to play. If a horse has already won and gets DQ'd, well, uh, you know that uh, has a, a knack for winning already, so just play him right back. So I'm going to go to Royal Bluegrass on the inside. And, of course, he was my longest for the night when he got DQ'd. That was a tough, tough, tough DQ. Oh, <laughs> he's been uh, – but he's, he's been, you know, honest in the, in the two, start, two uh, 870 starts here. At Los Al, his most recent ones this year, August 25th and August 16th. Uh, stepped up against uh, longer distance, two starts back, and battled gamely, narrowly missing by a head. So I like the getting back over this track. For sure, it looks like the horse to beat. Mr. Eskin, the three, would be the, the most likely threat in my eyes for him. Uh, Jesus Mendoza trainee, Frank Johnson, a couple of back-to-back uh, -back seconds for Mr. Eskin. Frank Johnson has written this one. And those who start, he remains aboard. And then have us with Honey. I think he's he's been she's been more of a teaser. Like she immediately stamped herself as all right. She's she's gonna one of these nights she's gonna break through. And then she kind of tailed off a little bit off efforts. Draw lines through the daytime. If you look at some of those A seventy starts, they fit. I just don't know if she's gonna be able to turn the tables on the one and the three in this spot. Uh, but yeah, I'll go one three six. But I agree with you on Royal Bluegrass. Yeah, I uh, have the same sentiments there about Havasu Honey that, that early on I thought we thought this filly uh, was going to break the maiden pretty quickly. But uh, it kind of has tailed off uh, as of re recent starts, and that's why I'm going to go to the two. I'm going to go one, three, and then two street punk. Uh, one of two Bob Bean runners entered here just based on the, the early speed. Uh, hasn't been able to finish well, but shortens back up from four and a half to 870 yards. Uh, has been off for seven months, so uh, this horse has been freshened up. Uh, should be ready to go come Friday night, but I really do think it's between the one and three. All right, race number three, the start of the pick six carryover. $2 pick six. Race number three is a four and a half prolonged event for the third rich conditional claiming tag of 2500 
three olds and up, which have never won two races. We got a field of seven to kick it off. Curtis, an old friend of mine, is in this race, but I'm going to let you go first. Who'd you pick on top? I'm going to go to the two. Unexpected journey for Angie Aquino. Uh, last time out, four and a half furlongs, 5,000 non-winners of two. Uh, showed a lot more early speed than the, the chart indicates. Just couldn't keep up into the turn there, but uh, was displaying some speed down along the inside, and I think the early fractions just got to them. Uh, they went 28 or 21 and four up front, and uh, I think that just tired this horse out. They drop it from uh, 5,000. They cut the claiming price down to 2,500. And uh, three back ran a really good racer on the front end uh, at 870, uh, was in the lead and uh, ran second by three to cash and counter here. Barrington Harvey gets back aboard and Angie and him have been hitting on all cylinders lately. So I think this horse should be pretty live come Friday. I'm going to let the two beat me, Curtis, because I kind of got a little bit sour on how Caliente Shuffle came back to run a flat effort off of that race last time out. Uh, the class, the class drop does scare me. These connections have been clicking on a good good note. So I'm going to let the two beat me. I'm going to try to win it with a lock of the night. Well, not this is not the lock of the night, but this was a previous lock of the night last time out. And I'm talking about the poor rocking dog who was off slow, lost all chance, but then kind of rushed up, made the lead, put everyone away except the closer, Mr. Bringley. So uh, this one still finished two and a half lengths in front of Summer Buddha there who finished third. Uh, the final, I mean, the the opening quarter wasn't as fast as some of the other races these horses are, are coming out of, but Rock and Doc can can go in the twenty one and four, twenty two and one type of opening quarter. He kind of broke slow, had to rush up. He's got a good amount of speed. I'm gonna pick him top here at three to one. Then I go to the one Brighton Boy, who uh, had a a third place finish against Tougher going to that eight hundred seventy yard distance last time out. Uh, second place finisher. Uh, Annalisa came back to win off of that effort. So they claim him for five, two starts back. They drop him for 2,500. Edgar Payeres jumps aboard, who was aboard for that win, three starts back. So the one definitely looks like the, the, the favorite at post time to me. And then I'll go for a long shot, the seven, Sierra Echo on the outside. Coming out of that fourth place finish, got off slow, but then made a four wide move to get up for a very better than look fourth, narrowly missing third. I think the seven is an interesting long shot. So I'm going to go four one seven here in race number three. Yeah, we're all over the place on this one. This is a good one to start the pick six off with. Uh, I like the two on top. I like the one Brighton boy. Like you said, uh, last time out, eight, seven, 870 uh, for $8,000. Finished nicely by length and a half. Gets Pieris over uh, Vergara Jr. here. So that's a, definitely an improvement. Uh, Pieris has been riding well all year long. And then I'm going to go to the five, Alicia's King, who uh, last time broke the maiden. And uh, on, on paper, it doesn't look that good, but I thought uh, ran a lot better than, than it shows. Got bumped at the start and had to buy three deep uh, for the lead there. So uh, was battle-tested, kicked clear into the stretch, and held late. Uh, definitely going to have to improve here uh, against winners for the first time. But if the light bulb goes off, uh, and hopefully this horse can show the same heart that it did in the maiden victory, I might pull a little upset here in the third. That's going to be a very interesting leg to kick off the pick six here at race number three. Race number four, 870 yards back around the hook. This leg is going to close out the pick four and is the second leg of the pick six. We got one quarter horse in this field, and that quarter horse is Ballast Point. Even money on the morning line there. 
from post number six. Ran on winning effort in the feet last time out. Curtis, are you going with the quarter horse here going to 870? You know I'm going to try and beat the quarter horse. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were all in on quarter horses going 870 after that lock he gave out. No, no, no. That was just one time. That was long. And, and, uh, and he couldn't even get home from me. So I was like, what am I thinking? Stick, stick to what you know. So I'm going to go to the two. Royal Song, Jose Hernandez again for me tonight. Hopefully uh, he's celebrating with champagne in the Vessels Club after uh, his second one of the night here. Going to the two. Uh, finished uh, pretty well beaten in the last two at Santa Anita, but that was five furlongs on the turf. I, I think they just got a little overzealous with this horse's chances after the win at 873 back. Uh, but in two starts at 870, uh, he finished second by a length and a half and then second time. He came out and he absolutely crushed that night. And uh, I think the time of 45.83, uh, he could have gone even faster than that. So even you compare times, Ballast Point last time out went 45.84 in defeat. So really they're not that far off. And I think you're getting a pretty good price at 9-2. to two. And, you know, th- this to me looked like a two-horse race on paper. It really looks like one of these two horses is going to get away, open up, and hold on. Either the two or the six, but I'm going to give a little bit of edge to the six. The two is a first-time Lasix, and given the way he stopped last time out, that, you know, Lasix, uh, they might be trying to help this one out off of that, you know, just throwing a towel uh, mm-hmm. against uh, Santa Ida foes on the turf, but I'm going to give the edge to the six ballast point uh, coming out of that first start at 870. Did everything but win. Uh, broke fast, opened up about four lengths early on, and that was in a field that included fellow rival fellow quarter horse, excuse me, Tarzanita, um, who Tarzanita can definitely show good early speed. So this one showed plenty of early speed to clear and did everything to win, uh, but win, excuse me, uh, finishing seven lengths clear, our fellow rival Bradley Cooper. Um, on the wings of a dream, that was the horse that won in debut and then won the allowance that night. So that was a two-for-two two runner. I respect Ballast Point. I'm going to give this one the slight edge. But the main threat, for sure, I agree, Rose Song there. Getting back to 870, first time Lasix. And if you go just by the raw times that this one uh, this one put up, that April 7th race uh, goes toe-to-toe with the six. So 6-2 two, uh, two, and then the five don't pass for Sergio Morphin, who's dropping out of that uh, claiming 8,000 going five furlongs over the daytime. Draw a line through those uh, two outings, focus on the 870-yard events, and this one finished second and third back in July and August. So. Six to five for me here in race number four. I'm going uh, Royal Song, then Ballast Point. Uh, I, I think Ballast Point is definitely going to get out there. Royal Song, uh, the trip I'm seeing is uh, just sits a little bit off of Ballast Point, hopefully uh, just two lengths behind and then uh, runs him down in the stretch. But hey, Paul had a JB Graydon uh, win second time at 870. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last week. I mean, that horse really improved second time. So uh, I, I could see Ballast Point putting up another big effort, but, you know, I just stick with the trend that I try and catch the quarter horses late. And, uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to go to the four, E. Bradley Cooper, who uh, last time out uh, got bumped at the start and just really couldn't, couldn't uh, show anything late there. Uh, lost by seven and three quarters uh, in the show. And, but before that, I uh, ran second by neck at the allowance, uh, non-winners at two levels. So can put up some pretty big efforts and, uh, 45-74, I think, uh, is better than don't pass. So as long as he doesn't let don't pass pass him by, I think that uh, he can hang in there for third. So I'm going to go 2-6-4. Four. 
Got a very legitimate time there, 45-74, two starts back for E. Bradley Cooper. All right, race number five, 300 yards. This is for the maiden claimers. We're going for a tag of $5,000. We got a field of seven, and we we have arrived with a field that doesn't necessarily like to break well. And wow. this makes the race a little bit of a head-scratcher here. What do you trust here in race number five, Curtis? Uh, nobody. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I'm going to try and beat the four chocolate red hot, even though uh, this horse looks really tough on paper. I'm going to go with the first-time starter, Cool Foose. Uh, I mm. think we've seen uh, what some of these other horses have, and I, I've liked the, the works of Cool Foose. Uh, September 28th, uh, I just broke in and, and was a, a, a little awkward at the start, but only lost by a, a little bit there. And, and then in the August 6th drill, even though it was 1290, uh, this horse broke pretty well. It was only down by uh, about a length. And I, then all of a sudden, the rider kind of wrapped up on, on her at the end. So I think it makes the 1290 look a little worse than, than what she could have gone that day. Uh, I like where she's drawn because Tricky uh, has had trouble breaking in the outside. Your first cat doesn't seem to be too quick early. So hopefully Matt Fails can come through for me like he usually does. Him and Gaska are a great combination. I think it's well spotted for the debut. You're going to go to the uh, first time shot in the outside. And I think that one does have a little bit of an outside look. That 1250 kind of broke out balance and, and did look a little bit weird. Might have hit just the gate out coming out in that workout, but still. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought when I looked at it. Yeah, kind of, you know, 1250 is pretty respectable given the level and given the fuel that this one is facing. But I'm going to go with the six, Tricky here for Scott Willoughby. I know this one has not not broken all that well in those, uh, in those first few starts. But in those three starts, broke from the rail twice, broke from post number two, the other time, that Bermuda Triangle of pose number two kind of oh, set yes, up on this get, one. It'll get you every time. So now switches to the outside post, is drawn between in between a slow breaker in the five and a first time shot of the seven that we don't know. So this could be the fuel that Tricky could break better. We'll have to find out and see. It's going to be a gambling race because there's no way I can tell you I can trust anyone in this field. But I'll give the edge to the sixth. The fourth chocolate red hot has been knocking at the door in the last two starts. Deserves respect just based on those two efforts. 1582 will probably be good enough to win this race if he improves just a bit. Definitely makes him the favorite to beat. And then I'll go to the one, choose him. First time, uh, actually, uh, yeah, first, second time flipping halter, excuse me. And this one was, I can, I can, I'm ashamed to admit it, this one was a, fl- uh, a failed lock of the night last time out. Lock of the night. <laughs> disappointed, veered out of the start. I ripped up my ticket immediately, draws the inside post, don't know what to make of him, but I would be kicking myself if this horse beats me here. So I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to use him. I don't know if I'll use him in the pick six, uh, but I I know I'm, I'm just scared of him beating him because he was my lock last time out. Flippy Halter second time out for Paul Jones. Armando Armando, he's been riding well for Paul Jones. So, I'll go 6-4-1 here in race five. Yeah, I like the seven on top. Tricky, I think, looks uh, very dangerous. Two back. Uh, when she broke a little slow and uh, rallied behind Chocolate Red Hot, she was just eating Chocolate Red Hot up at the end. And so that's why I think if she can actually figure out how to break, uh, hopefully moving toward a, a better post, uh, maybe we'll do the trick. But uh, I thought in the comeback effort there, uh, last time for 8,000, uh, when she just broke slow again, 
uh, Vinny didn't really try uh, at all after that. So I think you can just draw a line through that uh, because you're going to see that, you know, she was really flying there. And then the next time out just had no finish at all. Uh, Vinny wasn't really pushing this horse after she broke slow. And then I'm going to go to the four chocolate red hot. I think we just have to respect that uh, this horse seems to be improving. Uh, ran second by a neck for 8,000 and then second again for 6,250. Uh, has been breaking really well, uh, should be out there early. Uh, the question is, is this horse going to find a little on the back end to get the job done? Interesting, interesting race. I really can't trust anyone there in race number five. Race number six, 330 yards, uh, conditional claiming tag of $10,000 for two-year-olds, which have never won two races. we got a field of seven. Morning Night Favorite is going to be all the way on the outside, Corona Lake with the class drop. Who'd you pick here in race number six? I think I got to go to the seven, uh, Corona Lake. Uh, this horse just looks uh, really tough uh, coming into Friday night based off this class drop alone. Uh, qualified before uh, to the Governor's Cup, with, or I'm sorry, to the Kindergarten with Chaito Cartel, uh, Mental Air and Dreams Divine. Uh, ran a really bang up race in the fraternity trial there, went 15.63, but I mean, draws the outside takes a huge class drop, pulls the blinkers off. They switch from Ramirez to Cruz Mendez. I mean, it really looks like they're just trying to get a win, and, and uh, maybe they're just looking for, for a win and get it claimed and get out with a, with a big payday here and, and just move on. But, I mean, if this horse breaks and, and, and stays straight, maybe even does that EG high lug-in that they love mm-hmm. to do, yeah. I, I, I think just looks really tough in the six. Yeah, the, the class drop definitely makes this one. The horse to beat. I agree with the outside post. Uh, and then I'll go 7 2 1 here in race six. Adultery there actually just beat Mr. Tornado last time out, and they both ran a good race. They both uh, broke, broke clean. Uh, Adultery broke fast from the outside post, won nicely there in 1562. Mr. Tornado battled until the end there and, and didn't show you know much shame in, in second there as a betting favorite for Fidel Gonzalez. Uh, they both look very interesting, drawn right next to each other. If the seven doesn't win, I think it's it's between two and one. So seven, two, one for me here in race six. I'm going to try and get the six in there for a second. Uh, I'm going to go to fast thinking uh, for the place. Uh, even though the horse is dropping down from 12.5 to 10, it really isn't. I mean, there's all these other horses dropping down. So it's it's almost like he's running against tougher foes, even though that he's dropped down one level here. But uh, last time out at 3.30, uh, I thought ran a really good race. Just uh, was away quickly and led almost all the way and just got caught there at the end by bigger than big. And I like that uh, it's drawn right next to Corona Lake. I I think that should help push this horse. And then I'm going to go to the two, Adultery. But I I agree with you. I think Mr. Tornado and Adultery are very close. Uh, They ran a bang-up race against each other last time. Just Adultery got the better of Mr. Tornado. But now they're drawn. Uh, together there along the inside, so I think maybe that could help even it up. So I'm going to go seven six two, but I, I think Mr. Tornado is a close fourth in there. Pick six is getting interesting race by race. There's two races left. You know what time it is? Late daily double. Late daily double time here for Friday night. Race number seven, three hundred and thirty yards, straight maintenance, field of six, and another interesting leg. My oh my, this pick six could get very very tricky if you don't have enough coverage in the last two legs. Race number seven, 330 yards. Who'd you pick? Right here is going to be my price play of the night. I'm oh. going to the inside. Check mm-hmm. my cartel. 
this horse has been uh, working good all year long, to, but just didn't look comfortable in the debut, uh, I thought. And it was all the way back there in August, so I've been given a little rest, but I think the key here is going to be first time gelding. Uh, they gelded this horse. They bring it back here. Had a really good work there on, on the 24th of September. Just uh, broke well there. Lugged in a bit, uh, but nothing too scary. Uh, and went nicely late for, for 12.20. I, I thought it looked really good on, on the, the comeback there. Landolfo Diaz, I mean, he's having just a, a bang up year this year. And he's a hitting at 29%. He's got his main man, Ayala, there. Uh, together, they're hitting at 29% too. So I think this could really spice up the pick six if we can get this one home. Uh, I made this on my long shot play of the night in the light nights, Curtis, because this, oh, horse, you got it too? this horse had worked nicely prior to that debut and just looked a little bit flat from the rail, uh, was supported on the board at 5-2 to two that night. So they gave him some time off, first time gelding, came back with a 12-20 girl. It looks like a horse that has plenty of room to improve, and you get a yacht to ride back for these connections. I definitely got to take notice. So I do like the one. I'm going to make win the long shot. But as the check mark there, I'll go to the two, uh, Starlet, who uh, has been knocking on the door. Another one that had worked well prior to, prior to her debut, and you know tends to break well and tends to be right in, the, right there in the mix of things. She can go low fifteen seventies, maybe even high fifteen sixties. That could be good enough to win a race like this. Um, Vinny Bednar has been aboard for all those starts. We'll see what kind of trip she can get here from post number two, and of course Cataboy for Jesus Nunez and the EG High Desert Farms. EG could have a good night. This one is another one for that good barn. Drops in from a trial. Got a little bit bumped at the start. Was all out there to finish third. But that was a trial event where the final eighth was a pretty solid 9.69. So she's definitely drop, he's definitely dropping in class here, bagging in straight maintenance. And uh, some of those earlier running lines, you see Pitbull, you see Chaito Cartel. Definitely has run into some very good horses. So, I'm going to go 251, 251 here in race seven. Yeah, it really looks like uh, EG High is holding all the, the keys to the pick six. Yes. Whether it's going to be an absolute chalker. Uh, uh, between Chocolate Red Hot at nine to five, Corona Lake eight to five, and we got Cataboy here at nine to five. Uh, that's just going to be the case. If uh, EG High has a bad night, then uh, we could possibly see some big payoffs here. But I agree. Cataboy. Uh, looks double tough here in the seventh race. Last time out against Up and Coming in the Javelina Cantina. Both were uh, fraternity qualifiers. Uh, I like the way this horse ran. Uh, he got bumped at the start, and uh, he just got out finished, but that was against some pretty good horses. Uh, he's just really been facing a lot of good horses the whole time. You see Up and Coming, Javelina Cantina, Rousing uh, Freight actually came back and ran that really good maiden effort there, went 15-59. You got Pitbull, Taito Cartel. So, this horse has faced some really good opponents in the past. So I, I think has a little bit easier company here tonight, and that could prove uh, the key to the race. And then I'm going to go to the six, Trippies Royal Foose on the outside for Zamudio. Last time out, uh, ran against Ventura, Jess, JQM, and Chaita Cartel in that trial. It, it didn't go that that fast. Went only went 18.01. You know, uh, but I think it's just who – that he faced off against there that uh, really tells the tale. He was able to hang in there against some nice horses and draws the outside and uh, is right next to Cataboy, who I think should stay fairly straight and uh, help Trippies Royal Foos get a clean trip. So I think he's got a little shot on the outside in the seven. All right, race number seven. Recap, I'll go 251. 
One five six. Race number eight. We have arrived, and since you haven't heard this sound just once, lock of the night for me here to what end the night. End we're gonna end huh? this pick six, and we're gonna hit it with the lock of the night. I'm All right. Talking about the two delayed steal, an old friend Ooh. of ours. You've given up on this one. You're you kind of given up on this runner because you've used them before too. But tonight is the night, Curtis. Trust me, a lock of the night overall. He tends to break pretty well. He's cutting back a hundred yards. He's quick out of the gates. You know, if you look at those videotapes, he's been pretty good out of the gates. So I like his gate speed. I like that he's drawn immediately to the favorite galloping goddess, who's also been very good out of the gate. But if you look at those signs, specifically, I went back and compared how they ran on that same common night. Four starts back, actually five starts back for the late seal. June 2nd, Galloping Otis Ox also ran on that night, June 2nd, in separate races. But the times were very comparable. I like the I like his gate speed. I think he's uh, the cutback in this is the main key. And he's been facing trials, derby, trials, handicap. Fine, I guess, back against allowance foes, to me. This is the night that he gets it, John. To me, lock of the night, the late steal, 7-2. I agree. Uh, I, I think it's a two-horse race when I look at it. Yes. Well, like you said, I've been burned by delayed steal in the past, so I can't put him on top, right? I, <laughs> I got to go to the three galloping goddess. She's been facing some really nice horses, just as, as delayed steal has. But, I mean, she can just fire and uh, just, just based on uh, speed figures, uh, has been a little bit faster than delayed speed overall, I think. If everything goes uh, through and these two uh, just duel there, I, I think Galloping Goddess will get the better of the two. But I think it's fairly close. Uh, I'm going to go to the three. And I have Delayed Steel there in second. And then I'm going to go to the outside, Anonymous there. Uh, it's had two uh, nice races uh, before since uh, the, the setback last time out. I think that was just too tough against uh, Mr. A Political, who uh, we just said won the PCQ HRA Derby. At, before that, ran a really nice second there to the Cartel Dream. And before that, broke the maiden uh, really nicely. Uh, won by a length and a quarter, powering away. Gets off the inside, moves to the outside. Uh, I think is really going to have to improve against the two and the three. But maybe we haven't seen the best of this filly yet. It looks like a two-horse race to me on paper. I love the two as a lock of the night. The only one that scares me is really the three galloping goddess uh, because of that. You know, she has shown gate speed. Her speed figures fit right there. She's run some very good races. Jose Nicasso jumps back aboard. Jose Nicasso was the, the only time Jose was aboard. It was the night she broke her maiden and she won back in August of 2018. Oh, there you go. Another so connection. That is the only thing, the only horse that scares me for sure. It's a three. For third, playing tries for super, I'm going to give you the six of Davis Dynasty for Paul Jones, who's making a comeback effort since June 2nd. So a little bit of a layoff. And she did finish second all the way back there in January 6th to walk on by Blues in that allowance event where this one won 15.56. So she has some races that figure, but it's to me, it looks like a two-horse race between the two and the three. So lock of the night for me, the two delayed steal here to end the pick six. Yeah, I was watching that work on the Divas Dynasty uh, on the 28th of September, and it's actually a, a pretty good work, uh, 18 flat there, but I agree. When when this filly really puts it together, uh, she can be competitive, but it seems like every time I, I get on her, just something happens, yeah. and uh, she, she gets into trouble and, and just doesn't fire. I, I think uh, 
just if she could really put it all together one day, uh, she could be pretty nice. But I don't know. She she tends to find trouble, so that's why I couldn't play her. That's why I'm going to go three two eight. So that wraps up the Friday night program, which features a sixty thousand dollar pick six carryover to begin the weekend. And before I let you go, uh, go Curtis, I, I have to vent out. I mean, these Dodgers just broke my heart. Just ripped my heart out. Ripped my heart out last night. I mean. I, I had a pit in my stomach when I saw Kershaw warming up out there, and it's it was tough to see him struggle like that. I was gonna ask you what what is it like <laughs> for a Dodger fan when you see Clayton oh. Kershaw going out there? What does your does your heart sink a little? But you think, oh, it's gonna be better this time. Well, look, like I mean, what, what, what does it go? What do you guys go through? I, I I was tweeting out in real time. I mean, in real time, I could see the future. I could see a please zone, like. To me, Kershaw, I mean, he's great. Uh, his stats, regular season, you know, you know, nothing to, nothing to talk, talk about. I mean, the, the stats prove it for himself. He's been so good. But to me, he's more of a – you could see in him when he the, – the mental aspect of the game, when the pressure's on, you could see him, his body language out on the mound. It's like he's like – I don't know. To me, he never loses confidence even to the viewers or himself. He never looks comfortable in high-pressure situations out there. He's come through, you know, in previous outings, and, and, you know, he's looked, even last season, you know, he looked good in the playoffs in some spots. But, I mean, it's it's tough to see him struggle out there. And I'm, like, to me, like, he needs a blank, like a blank slate. Like, he's fine coming into a game that's, you know, beginning of the game, 0-0, new game, get into rhythm. If he gets into mm-hmm. trouble, then whatever. But in this spot, I just – I did not have a confident feeling watching him come in, but he did retire that first batter. But when he came in for that next inning, I mean, it was it was disaster. Yeah, we were watching the game there, and there was a bunch of Dodger fans around. We we had league night that night, and there's a bunch of Dodger fans hanging around. You know, they got their jerseys on, and they're feeling really good. And they brought in Kershaw, and for such an amazing pitcher. <laughs> Man, I've never seen such a look of dread on people. Like you could almost hear a pin drop, <laughs> and, and then they're like, "Ah, it's no problem. We're gonna get it this time. Don't worry about it." And oh my God, when he gave up, when he gave up some of that home run, I, I couldn't believe it. I, history repeats itself again. I, I don't know. It's got to be a huge blow to oh. his psyche. Oh, for sure. Uh, and that's something that I mean. It, I, if it weighed on, if it didn't weigh on it before, it's got to just really ruin his psyche now. I, I mean, it could it could be uh, pretty bad repercussions for him. Yeah, it's it's it, it was a tough look for sure. So you have to feel for the guy. But at that point, you know, uh, this you know, manager makes a decision, or maybe in the front, you know, the front office upstairs just narrows down the decision. They bring him in, and that was it. So that was a tough way for the Dodgers to lose. But then when you look at it, I mean, the potential MVP winner Ballinger never showed up. Corey Seager never showed up. Uh, it was tough not having Verdugo. He was out because of injuries. Pollock never showed up. I mean, the, I mean, you know who showed up for the offense? Kiki Hernandez, Russell Martin. I mean, guys that you know are not the, the backbone of that offense. They showed up and and they really did. But you know, when you have your your MVP candidate Bellinger, you have your your comebacker stud uh, Corey Seager, uh, Pollock who did good. When they don't show up with the bats. It's gonna to tough to win. It's gonna to be tough to win. Even if they made it through, uh, it was gonna to be tough for the, for them to move forward. Uh, who do you have going forward now? Uh, I, I, I mean, be between Cardinals and Nationals. 
I got, I got a root for the for the Tampa Bay Rays on the other side to beat out the the Astros tonight, and I got a root. I got a root for Scherzer. I mean, he's an amazing pitcher for the Nationals. Uh, I mean, he he left it all on the field, and he was he was a key for them moving along. So uh, even though they beat us, uh, I think I'm rooting for the Nationals at this point to to take it all the way. How dare you go against the Cardinals? Would you know? Good well, they go and lumpy. Love the Cardinals. Faithful followers of, of the Love Ponies podcast, and you pick against their team. I can't believe you. Uh, I, I'm rolling with the Cardinals, and, and, and then I'm sticking with the Astros. I, I think they'll they'll get by the Rays, and uh, and then you always got to root against the Yankees anyway. So any, uh, I'm any, hoping it's the Astros and Cardinals. Anybody but the Yankees or the Astros. Anybody but those two. I'll be okay with it. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the, I mean. I don't think the Nationals had done anything meaningless, uh, anything meaningful up to this point in, in, in playoff baseball, you know, at least from where I can remember. So, so then uh, I'm rooting for the Nationals. Yeah, I know that's going to hurt the, uh, our Los Ponies podcast fans. Uh, <laughs> but no, the Rays, I mean, the Rays are kind of like that Cinderella, Cinderella team right now with the payroll they got and the players they got in the rotation uh, to, yeah. to battle back and, and make it a series. So, We'll see what the Rays do. We'll see how the West shapes up. Uh, but anyone but the Yankees, please. Anyone but the Yankees. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, as, long as, as long as the Yankees don't win, we're fine. <laughs> All right, guys. That is the podcast for this week. Enjoy the pick six. Enjoy the Friday night program. Sunday night, uh, uh, we'll have the, the grade one championship. So uh, hopefully we'll see a big performance. But that's the episode for this week. Curtis, uh, we'll see you out there on Friday. All right, we'll see you back here and bye, everybody. See you guys later.